I, I like things going good. I like things going bad. It doesn't make any difference. I think I'm just going to be happy. I'm going to choose to be happy. How about you? Right, since the creation of, of man, God the Father has made it his priority to make himself known. twist on it and rather than talking about the church I want to talk about me in the church turn to the neighbor and say turn to your neighbor and say you're the church you know, sometimes we don't grab hold of that. We want to bring people to church, but we really are the church. This is a building that we come together to celebrate in, but we are the church. And so God is making himself known, and he has a desire for a people who make their priority knowing him and making him known. Think about that for just a second. You know, it's not only about knowing him, but it's also about making him known. And so we want, to do, we want to do what God has called us to do. We want to be the church. And the church's responsibility in the earth today is to make God known. Amen? Amen. In Mark 16, 15, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. He said, Go into all the world. He said, go and do what I've called you to do. He didn't, say, he didn't say stay. He said, go. He said, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. And the question is, is do we believe that? We went to a meeting the other night. Bobby carried us down to, uh, con um, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. Something holiness. What is it? Congregational holiness meeting. And, and it was a, it was a I got to tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. And the word of the Lord that came forth was as anointed as any word you'll hear, I promise you. But the way people react to the Holy Spirit is different. You know what I mean? Everybody, is, everybody operates in, in a little bit of a different way. And uh, it, got, it got just a little bit wild. It got just a little bit wild. He started calling for runners. And, buddy, I mean, I'm talking about when they took off running, they weren't just kind of loafing along. They were flying. Herman turned to me. One was running this way and one was running this way. And Herman turned to me and said, if they run into each other, I'm going to bust out laughing. But I'm going to tell you that again. I want to preface this with, with the fact that the Holy Spirit was there. There was no question. There's no doubt. So I'm not making fun of them. I'm just telling you what was, what was happening and, and what was going on. And so uh, they, they were ministering, and uh, we all got outside, and we took a vote. Uh, Dale and Herman and Bobby and I, and we said, if they pull out snakes, we're leaving. <laughs> okay, so... I can't do it. I told him if I preached like he preached, you'd have to bury me. That boy had more energy. I'm, I'm telling you, he had to have been under the anointing because he'd have died if he hadn't have been. But anyway, I tell you all that to, say, to, to tell you this, that we have to believe these things. We have to believe everything that's written here. What happens is we start culling things out. I'm not telling you to go handle snakes and drink deadly poison. I happen to believe that 
what, what the Lord's talking about is if that happened like it happened to the Apostle Paul, where the viper bit him and he shook him off into the fire and, and God protected him. I, I believe that's what that's talking about. But I believe that we are called to, to manifest the presence of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it said, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, not for the profit of themselves, but for the blessing of everybody around. And the way we profit is by knowing Jesus Christ. And so if, we're going to, if we know Him, then God's given us gifts and He's given us authority to make His name known. And that becomes the, the, uh, the, the part that I want you to understand is that's being the church. If we're not making His name known, if we're not ministering to the hurting, the dying, if we're not ministering to the outcast, if we're not ministering to the rich and the poor alike, we are not being the church. See, the church was never called to be stagnant and come to sit in comfortable buildings and just receive the word and eat lunch. That's, that's not what the church is called to do. He says, and, and look what he goes on. Paul says, do not neglect the gift that is in you. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. He says, to, he said, grab hold of these things. Think about the gifts that's been given to you. Take on them. Think about what God's doing. And then manifest them. Let me tell you my way of putting that. He said, practice. Practice. Is it all right if we have a practice Sunday today? Okay. Five or six of you are okay with it. Let me ask you again. Is it okay if we have a practice Sunday? Okay. You know what that means is if you make a mistake, it doesn't make any difference. If I make a mistake, it doesn't make any difference. Okay? We're going to race the board and everything goes away. So it's a practice time. We're not in the real game yet. Okay? The game is out there. It's not in here. You do understand that, don't you? The, 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 the definition of being in the church means to go outside, not to come inside. The very definition of who we are is, is how we take what God has given us and give it away to the rest of the world. And so we're called to do those things. So he says, he says, grab hold of these things. He said, I want to be grab hold of and say, Lord, what area of my life do I need to yield besides pride? I'm not asking you if you have pride. I can tell you you have pride because you don't witness enough. And the only thing that stops us from witnessing is our pride. Turn to your neighbor and say, you prideful. Now say, I'm happy, happy, happy. <laughs> God wants to break our pride down. It is what hinders us. That's the only thing that hinders us. Well, if I lay hands on the sick and they don't recover, what are they going to think about me? Who cares what they think about you? Exactly. It is not about us. And so we want to grab hold of this. Do not neglect the gift. Song of Solomon, he said, I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. Okay. If God's desire is for you, then he wants what's the very best for you. And he's instructed us that he's going to give us gifts and they're the best gifts. And he's instructed us in the fact that he's going to call us into ministering and doing what God has called us to do. Don't get offended if I, about the pride thing. Let that all that go, you know. I'm just telling you the truth. We're selfish, prideful human beings. That's just who we are. And God's breaking that in us. But he's not through, and I just want you to know he's not through because he loves us. Look what he says. I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. That's, that's the words of the church. 
they, 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 when you say that, that I'm a, my beloved, I'm saying, Lord, I'm giving myself totally to you. I'm trusting in you. My, my fate is in your hands. I'm taking my fate out of the hands of my employer. I'm taking my fate out of the hands of the government. I'm taking the, my fate out of the hands of my mama and my daddy. And I'm saying, God, I am assured of who you are. I'm assured of my salvation. I am assured of the grace that you've given me. I'm assured that I have been forgiven. I'm assured that I walk in power and authority. I'm assured that you love me. I'm assured that my name is written in heaven. I am assured that no matter what happens, God will never leave me or forsake me. I am His. Amen. Wow. So when I say I'm His, I'm saying I belong to Him. I trust Him. I can't tell you how many people in the last few months have come to me and said, God's teaching me how to trust Him. And I thought, you know, that's pretty incredible because for the first, for, right in the middle of my ministry for about five or six years, all God did was make me put my trust in Him. Well, Eddie, God doesn't make you do anything. Well, let me tell you this. I didn't have any other choice except die. You know, I'm telling you, I didn't have any other choice. I could not fix the circumstances and the situation I was in. And I would say, God, I trust you. And God would say, no, you don't, but you're going to. And I'd weep and I'd cry and I'd kick and I'd scream and I'd get discouraged and I'd get despondent. And I'd say, God, when is this ever going to stop? And he said, I said, trust in me. I am his. See, I have to remind myself of that. I have to continually remind myself that he's in charge. He's got it. I'm his. And look what he says. I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. You know what he's telling you? I got my eyes focused on the church. I'm in love with the church. This is not an infatuation that he has. This is a love that he has for the church. Turn to the neighbor and say, I'm the church. Woo, Jesus, Jesus is in love with me. See, Jesus is in love with me. He said his desire is for me. Wow, how incredible is that? And if his desire is for me, and all he's saying to me is that I want you to know me and I want you to make my name known. You see, Jesus desired you before the foundation of the world. He desired you. He asked God to give you to him. Oh, come on. You don't get it. Do you understand how special you are? Huh? You are special. I've had men come to me and say, man, the minute she walked in the room, I knew she was going to be mine. You know what you said, Jimmy? And Hattie said, oh, ain't no way. <laughs> but Jimmy said, in my heart, she's mine. You know what Jesus said from the foundation of the world? He said, you were his. Ooh. He said, you were his. Hey, that's special. 
Listen, you don't chase after every woman around. You call a bunch of them. I'm talking to men now. And you women, you don't just settle for any man. You see, the enemy's been chasing you too. And he's dangling all kind of things in front of you. And Jesus has said, all I can give you is eternal life, peace, security, and love forevermore. <laughs> That's all, huh, God, Jesus? That's all you can give me. I, all right, I can handle that. I can handle it. He loves me. He's in love with me. He said, you know, this, he, he loved the church and he can't hardly wait till we get there. I, I see this picture of him going to the Father. And of course, I've got to divide him into three persons. You understand that. And he's going to the Father and he said, now is the day. Now is the day, Lord. Now is the day, Father. Daddy, is today the day I get to go get my church? Daddy, is today. And Father said, wait just a few more minutes. We're not quite ready. Yeah, but I'm ready now. I'm ready now. Look at her, Dad. Look at her, Dad. Look at the church. Look at her beauty. Look at her glory. Look at And we're going, well, the church is all screwed up. The church is all messed up. And Jesus is saying, oh, she is beautiful. Oh, my gosh. When I fell in love with my wife, I didn't know she had a flaw at all. <laughs> I ain't going any further than that, okay? If you don't believe his desire is for you, remember he came and he died for you. Put your hand right here and say, he died for me. He was beaten for me. He was spit upon for me. He took lashes for me. He was ridiculed for me. He was hung on a cross for me. He took the wrath of God for me. For me. He loves me. Amen. Amen. Come on. Two things you've got to know before you can be the church. Two things you've got to know. First thing you've got to know is God loves you. If you don't know God loves you, you cannot be the church. How can you tell anybody else God loves them if you're not convinced God loves you? And the second thing that you've got to understand is God is good. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is good. I, you know, there's too many people that they blame God for all kind of things. And they look at him and they go, how could you let this happen? And how could you let that happen? I'm going to tell you what, shut your mouth. That's my father you're talking about. And my God is good. There is no evil. There is no darkness in him. My God is good. And if you're not convinced that God is good, you can't be the church. Because you have nothing to offer a dying world if you don't understand the goodness of your God. God is good. So you've got to know God loves you and that God, that, that, that God is good. You are the desire of his eyes. As her betrothed, he has compassion for her. Turn to your neighbor and say, he has compassion for me. He understands all my distresses. Come on, say it. He understands all my distresses. He, tech, he protects me from all dangers and enemies. He provides everything that is necessary for me. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. Come on. I'm going to tell you something. To do things by road are not going to do you any good. If you don't believe what you just said, what good is it going to do you? This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. 
I'm going to praise the Lord with everything that's within me because God is good. Amen. So let me tell you something. When you say these things, you better believe them. Don't say them like, well, that's what the preacher's saying. He understands my distresses. He protects me from all enemies. He provides me with everything I need. He is my beloved, and I am His. Come on. I'm going to be the church. I got something to share. I got something to tell. I got, I got a God that's worthy of all my praise. Our Father wants to bless us. He is the God of blessings. We heard some of this the other night where, where the, at the Congregational Holiness meeting. He wanted to bless us. I love what that preacher had to say. He was a young man. And he preached the house down. There's no two ways about it. But I love what he said, had to say. He said, somebody asked him, said, did you come to preach on sin? He said, no, about four weeks ago, the, God told me to release blessings. This, this group needed to be encouraged and to release blessings. And I began to think about what he said. I said, you know something, that is true. God is the God of blessings. God is the God of blessings. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, he says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curse. Therefore, choose life. Turn to your neighbor and say, choose life. How do you do that? Verse 20 says, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him for he is your life. Boy, this is the most incredible thing here though. Look what I've got highlighted. Therefore, choose. What are you choosing? What are you choosing? A three-year-old. I'm happy, 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 happy. I'm happy, 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 happy. I'm singing, 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 singing. I'm happy and I'm singing for the Lord. Amen. Come on. And all of a sudden I go, I'm happy. I'm happy as I can be. And the only thing that changed was that this little girl ministered joy to my heart and I received the joy that she had. And so I said, Lord, if I can receive that from a year, can I give it away? He said, you don't earn tooting, you can, son. You can give joy away. We have the gift of joy. And it's not dependent on the circumstances of life. He said, choose. You know what happens when things go bad? You have to choose to complain or to rejoice. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know you, you complain too much. No, I don't do that. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Even if it is true, amen. I can choose to complain or I can choose to rejoice. But complaining comes naturally. Oh my. Then we need to be retrained, don't we? How many of you would just give me, I'm going to practice being joyful. I'm going to practice rejoicing. Come on, I said we could practice today, didn't we? We can practice those things. When circumstances go bad and we start complaining, we go, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. I race every bit of that. I am happy, 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 happy. Come on, we can grab hold of who He is. I rejoice in you, O oh Lord. I rejoice in you. You are the God of my salvation. My brother had two scares in the, in the period of about three weeks. They found a cancerous melanoma on his neck and then they found some um, irregular 
don't really know what to call them, tumors in his colon. And his doctor told him, he said, the melanoma on your neck is fast growing and it's the kind that kills you. When they took the, when they took the tumors out of, out of his colon, he said one of those colon, one of those uh, tumors is very misshapen, very miscolored. I'm pretty certain it's cancer. I called my brother up and I said, Brick, are you scared? And I won't use the exact verbiage because he's a preacher. But it was something like H-E double hockey sticks. Yeah, I'm scared. Yeah, I'm scared. I say, do you trust the Lord? He said, I trust him, Eddie. He said, it's okay. But he made it, he said, but you know something, Eddie? I've made some things important in my life that aren't really important anymore. He said, I, I believe this is all going to be taken care of. I'm believing for a good report. But he said, I got to tell you, I'm scared and I've got some things out of order. And he said, all of a sudden, life and death sitting in front of me. And I realized now is the time to choose to put things in order. Now, the report came back from the melanoma in his neck that they got every bit of it. There was none, absolutely none left. And the tumor that the doctor had said was cancerous was benign. So I called Brick and I was talking to him. And I said, Brick, are you happy? He said, yep. But he said, I still got to get some things in order, Eddie. He said, all of a sudden, he said, I realized what I had thought was important is not so important anymore. I thought, wow. He said, so over the next few months, he said, you watch. And things are going to be changing in my life. And the things that are important are the things that I'm going to do. You know, when things happen, sometimes we get rattled. And sometimes we just need to look and say, what are my priorities? What's, what, what, what is, what, what's so important to me? What's the most important things in my life? Therefore, choose life. I love it. I love it. We've had some things happen in the last few weeks that have had me on a roller coaster. And what happens is I get my feet kicked out from under me. I get on these real high highs. Things are getting exciting. About the time I get excited, somebody comes on and just kicks the, the, the feet right out from under me. And I hit the ground hard. I go, ugh. And the next thing I know, my mind goes to racing. Brrr. Anybody ever have a racing mind? It's all right if I just tell you the truth. I told you it's practice day. If this ain't any good, it's okay. Just practice day. My mind goes to racing, and I start trying to figure out how to how to straighten everything out. I, I called Joni or I texted Joni. I said, pray for me, Joni. My, my mind is just racing a thousand miles a minute. Well, I hadn't hardly got a text to her. And the Lord said, the reason your mind is racing so much is you're trying to figure out. I told you, trust me. I went, dang. When am I going to learn that? And so I started worshiping. 
And Joni texted me again. I texted her back. I said, it's okay. I, I figured out where I was. I had gone to the throne of my own mind instead of to the throne room of God's. Amen. And at the throne of God, I got peace. That was the same night we went down there to that meeting that got so happy and so excited. And uh, everything was going so good down there. And see, by the time I got there, I was already in a good state of mind because I had realized that all this belongs to God anyway. It's not my problem. It's God's problem. And so I'm doing good. So can I just tell you one more story? Is that all right if I just share one more story with you? I'm not going to preach for another hour, so everything's okay. I'm playing golf with my daddy yesterday. And boy, that's a blessing. 90 years old, and he's out there, and he's swinging at it. And... Uh, it, he tickles me. He bends over to put the tea in the ground, and this is the way he goes. I'm going, oh, God, Daddy, you're going to fall. So you need to take a few minute break? Yeah, I might have to. But we play. I ain't making fun of him. We out there playing golf. I'm going to beat him if I can. <laughs> we out there, we just having a blast. And I'm playing, my, I'm playing lights out. Of course, I'm playing from the women's tees, you know, and so it's, that helps a lot. I get to put for five out of six birdies and four of them are inside three feet. And so I'm just super excited. And then I get a text. I mean, not a text, but I get a letter. And I read the letter and somebody goes, bam! And they kick the feet out in front of me again, right in the middle of the golf course. And I double bogey the next two holes. Because any golfer will tell you, you can't think about something else in golf. You've got to think about either golf or you've got to think about what you're thinking about, okay? But you can't do both. And then I tell Daddy, and Daddy's trying to help me out. Instead of going to the throne room, he's in the same place. Well, we can do this, or you can do this, or you can do this, or you can do this. And after, after I played about three shots, I looked at Daddy. I picked up the golf ball. I put it in my pocket. I said, wait just a minute, Daddy. I've got to go to the throne room for just a second. He said, well, can I go with you? <laughs> you better believe it. We just took a minute. We prayed. And I played, and I, next hole, I, I hit it right up in, I parred the hole, and I was, I was happy and as I was excited. I got in my car, and I was just as happy as I was the very minute we walked in. It's funny how one little thing comes, and it just takes the wind out of your sails. And God says, remember, my desire is for you. Am I making sense to you today? I want you to grab hold of what he's saying. Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He says, I am blessed because I am His. Yeah. He's already blessed me. With how many of the spiritual blessings? Every spiritual blessings. You know what I read to you last week? He has perfected me forever. I'm perfect. Now that sanctification bit's a little rough, but he's made me perfect. He's made me perfect. 
He said, to them that are being sanctified, to them that are being worked on. Well, let me just tell you, I'm going to testify right here. I'm being worked on, folks. I'm being worked on. And, and, and you know, there's, I, I don't know this much about, about woodwork because I, I can't even cut a straight line with a saw. I built a doghouse one time that was supposed to be for a poodle, a, a miniature poodle and, and two German shepherds and a lab could get inside of it. Amen. <laughs> Josh remembers. He's going, yeah. And there was not a straight board on it. But I do know there's some of this sandpaper that's real, got real heavy grit. And when you start, when you start rubbing that stuff, it leaves, it leaves marks. There's some super fine stuff, and then you can go to double alt steel wool, and then you can go to this other thing. But you know what God's using on me? I, I think he's using a grinding rock with a drill right this minute. <laughs> Knocking off corners. And I'm going, God, go easy there. That's sensitive. He says, sensitive? He's like a, he's like a dentist with a drill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting rid of that sucker. Am I the only one that has those experiences? Woo. That's right. And I love it when the dentist says, it's dead. And all of a sudden, he hits that nerve, and you boo, wow, oh my gosh, it's not dead yet. Anyway. God said, that's what God tells me all the time. Son, you ain't dead yet. Watch this. Watch this. Gosh. But am I blessed? You know, when I get up in the morning, the Bible says His mercies for that day are renewed every morning. You see, I can take this right here, and if I start pulling these out, Eventually, I reach the end of them. But with God, I can just keep pulling them out and pulling them out and pulling them out. Pulling them out. And every day, He puts me up a new box and says, pull out as many as you want to. My mercies are forever and they are everlasting. They never, ever run out. And you want to know if I'm blessed? Oh my gosh. I'm, I am blessed. I have everything it takes to live. You know what mine and Sue's biggest complaint is right now? It's how high we want the bed up or down. <laughs> and do we want the vibrator in the bed set on one or two? Come on. You ain't got a lot to complain about when you got all that stuff going for you. I, I am blessed. I am blessed. I got so many rooms in my house, I don't use them all. Listen, if I had a bedroom, a bathroom, and a kitchen, that's probably all I'd ever need. I got ten times that amount of stuff. And that's just stuff. And then when I mess up, he's there to defend me. And when I, when I sin, as long as I ask for forgiveness, he's justified me. He gives me peace beyond anything else, and he's given me his name. You see, he said, I'm the God of Abraham. Well, just like he said he's the God of Abraham, he has also declared before all of heaven, I'm the God of Eddie. Come on. Is, how do you know that? Because I'm his son. That's my daddy you're talking about. That's my daddy. In the natural, I carry the name Mason. 
because I'm kin to my daddy. I'm kin to my children. I'm kin to my wife. I carry that name. But in the spirit, I carry the name of Jehovah on me. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm blessed. I wish Beverly was here. I'd tell her straight up, she ain't God's favorite. I am. Amen. And if you don't believe you're God's favorite, something's wrong with you. You are so highly favored. And then if that wasn't enough, then he gave me all kind of gifts. We did that last week. He gave me all kind of gifts. You know why he gave me gifts? Because he wants to show me off to the world. And he wants, me, he wants people to see that I belong to him. He wants people to know. He said, he goes, you go and pray for people and all of a sudden the anointing comes on them and they begin to shake and they don't know why. And they say, why is that? And say, because the God that loves me loves you and his power and grace is being poured out on you right this minute. I have the gift of laying on of hands and releasing peace. Can you do that? Sure you can. Walk in the restaurant and the Lord said, I got a word for that man. It used to be I'd say, well, then you give it to him, God. <laughs> Go to prayer. Lord, would you let him dream that in the night? I'll pray it, Lord. I'll pray that, you, that you've got blessings and prosperities. And Lord, I, that's the, I know that's why you showed me that. You didn't really want me to tell him. No, don't you tell him. Well, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? Well, if you're wrong, they're probably going to beat you to death. Come call a gang of people over and stomp on your head. Then after they finish doing that, they're going to take and nail you to a cross. And you're going to die. No. It's incredible. It's incredible. We've prayed, we've prayed for people in, in every restaurant we've been in. And when we walk in, we have people say, that's my family. You take care of them. That's incredible. Why? Why? Because we tell them Jesus loves them. We show off what God has given us. Man, if you was wearing a Rolex on your arm, you'd sit around and go, How'd you get that? My wife gave it to me. Rolex. I'd show it to Ken and Ken would say, Yeah, I bought one of them fake things too. $17,000 right there on my wrist. Right there. I think this one says Tyco Toys or something. I'm not real sure, but... <laughs> Put a diamond ring on a woman. You gonna drink your Coke? Yeah. New necklace. Flip my hair. <laughs> Why? 
Why not? I got a secret for you. What's that secret? Jesus loves you and He died for your sins. He's got a plan for your life. Can I pray with you? Used to be I'd go in and I'd say, Lord, do I, do I, are you going to give me a word for somebody? Sometimes he would, sometimes he wouldn't. And now what I do is I say, Lord, can I pray for you? And you know what happens when I start praying? Prophecy begins to flow. They don't even know what I'm doing and I'm prophesying over them. Joni's praying and prophesying over them. People are beginning to pray and prophesy and you go, and they go, how did you know that? Well, the God that I serve knows what's going on in your life. You know how you get to where you can do that? Say that again. Practice. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I never will forget, and I am really going to quit here in a few minutes. I've only got three more scriptures to read. And we're playing baseball. We were playing. You see how we did that, me and Herman? He was the one on the field, and I was the one going, <clears throat> you know, I was out of breath watching him play baseball. They put him in right field. And, I mean, he's playing with the big boys. He's about 13 or 14 years old, and he's playing with 16, 17-year-olds. They got him in right field, and they hit a fly ball right towards him. And he is dead on the mark. And he gets there, and it hits his glove, and it bounces off. My heart sinks. Herman's head falls down. They get out of the inning, and everybody else is running in, and Herman's walking in. And his coach, Coach Allen... He grabs hold of him and he said, Herman, Herman, look at me. He said, there are two kind of ball players. He said, there are those that have made errors and there are those that are going to make errors. He said, that's the only two kind there are. He said, so hold your head up, get back in this dugout and get your mind back in this game. Come on. How you, how you ever going to learn if you don't start doing it? Well, I want a national platform. Well, you got one. It's called the world. It's called if you eat during the day, if you go to the grocery store, if you buy gas, you got an international platform. There are more people that don't speak Southern in Georgia than there are that do speak Southern. And if they don't speak Southern, they're from a foreign land. If they don't know what crunk your car means. <laughs> Y'all. Mm-hmm. That's right. Something. Something. S-U-M-P-T-I-N-G. Something. I've given gifts. Look what he says. Now this is the other thing he says. He, says to, he said, I love her so much. He said, this is the other thing I'm going to give you in Ephesians 4.11. And this really is almost the last scripture. <laughs> and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We think that the shepherds, the pastors, are doing the work of the ministry. Matter of fact, we even have this thing where it says, Joni and I say, we are in the ministry. Well, if I'm the only one and Joni's the only one doing ministry, 
then we have missed the mark. Because that's not our job. Not that we aren't supposed to minister, because we do. But what we're supposed to be doing is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. We're supposed to be teaching you how to be strong and bold, to prophesy, to pray, to release what God has given you. We, we, we're supposed to be showing you how to be a witness and training you how to do the things that God's called you to do. The Bible says go and, and win the lost. No, it doesn't. It said go and make disciples. People that are willing to do what Jesus did. People that are willing to, to lay hands on the sick. People that are willing to speak to the storms in other people's lives. People that are willing to engage the serpent, the enemy, the demonic on behalf of other people. That's what the church is called to do. He said, I've, I've sent pastors for the equipping of the saint, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Now, I'm not even going to attempt to tell you what that, what that means because I'm not sure the fullness of what that means. I'm not even sure the Apostle Paul knew it when he wrote it exactly what he meant. But he meant... The church was going to grow up and in the full statue, the full understanding, the full manifestation of Jesus Christ himself and that when Jesus comes, he's going to have a bride that works in the power and authority that he worked in while he was on the earth. Amen. He's talking about you and he's talking about me. Equipping of the saints. Philippians 4, 9 says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice. What did he say do? Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. He said do them. No good if we just come in here and just rehearse them. He said do them.